Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the DDP. It's the 12th day of January. It's a Friday. Hope you had a great work week as the year is up and running. Hope your 2024 is off to a great start. Just so thankful for all of you. Want to pray the blessing and favor of God into your life today. May you walk in His grace and peace. May you experience the life of God through Jesus Christ. Jesus said to his father in John 17, this is eternal life that they may know you and him whom you have sent. And so the life of God is knowing the love of God. It's knowing who he is. John's, 1 John 1 says God is light. 1 John 4 says God is love. Which one is it? Both. God is light and love because light is love. And any of the dark areas of your life are just places that have yet to be penetrated with the light of his love. And so I pray the light of his love touch your life today. Someone asked me the other day, what's your take on the scripture where Jesus says, I never knew you. And is it possible that there are people that he'll say that to? And and I said, well, there's a lot of ways to take it prophetically, eschatologically, Uh, inside of Judaism. But I said, for me, from an overall spiritual point of view, I like to think that what Jesus is saying is that I will say to the parts of you that are not authentic, depart from me, I never knew you. Um, Because there are parts of us that are not uh, reflections of who he is. I think these are the parts of us that are chaff, the parts of us that he is blowing on with the fan that's in his hand and burning it with an unquenchable fire. Why does the fire need to be unquenchable if not to burn up the stuff that needs burned up? That's not who we really are. Well, I didn't, I don't know where that came from. That was a <laughs> couple minutes of of uh, stuff that you didn't ask for and didn't expect because we're in Luke 7. And none of that that I just told you is in Luke 7. What is in Luke 7 is this story of John the Baptist sending messengers to Jesus. Yesterday, I finished with verse 27 and told you that on your own time, you could go back and read the the source text from which Jesus quotes, which is Isaiah 40, verse 3. Behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way before you. I didn't point this out, but I hope you you picked up on the way we study the Bible is that you didn't just go back and read Isaiah 40 and verse 3, but that you read Isaiah 40, maybe even 39. You got a flow, a feel for what's happening in the prophetic text. And of course, Isaiah sometimes has been referred to as the fifth gospel. There's so much messianic prophetic in that book that it's often Consider the fifth gospel because it talks a lot about whom we, the man whom we call Christ. Talks a lot about Jesus. It never says his name, but it's prophesying about someone. Jesus, according to Luke 7 27, Jesus thinks it's him. We know this, and I said this in passing as we were closing yesterday, so it's a good place to start. If Jesus is quoting Isaiah 40 and 3, behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way before you, he's preparing the way for what? Well, that's John the Baptist, and and the one he's preparing for is that prophetic one who comes, Isaiah 61, the Spirit of the Lord's upon me. Luke's already told you that story back in Luke 4. So Jesus is putting himself as the one for whom the way has been prepared. This is Jesus making two identifications in Isaiah. One is that Isaiah prophesies about a man who will come, and Jesus thinks that's John, and, and then the servant that will come 
following him, and Jesus is claiming that to be himself. And then this, and I told you that he connects John to to greatness, but then he connects you to that greatness. Here's what I mean. Verse 28, for I say to you, among those born of women, there's not a greater prophet than John the Baptist or early Greek. There's none greater than John. Among those born of women, there's none greater than John. But he who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. Now, there's probably a lot that could be said about the fact that Jesus speaks of those born among women versus those not. Uh, Maybe he's contrasting creation, the created beings of the angelic versus men. But maybe. But what it seems like Luke has Jesus doing is saying a word that they wouldn't have used, and that's humanity. In all of humanity, there's no one of greater importance than John the Baptist. And that, of course, is because John the Baptist prophesies of Jesus. But then he connects it to everyone else who is part of the kingdom of God. And you're part of the kingdom of God. Paul would say the the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. This is part of who we are. And he says, the least in the kingdom is greater than John. Why? Well, first of all, don't get lost in trying to figure out what it means to be least in the kingdom. It's just a comparison. To be great in the system of humanity or to be great among the daughters of men, the sons and daughters of men, which John the Baptist, Jesus says, is the greatest. But John's in a system. He's in an old covenant system. And the best you can do is performance. And John, according to Jesus, does it better than anyone. John, Jesus has John better at it than Moses. And then flips it and says, but in the kingdom, the very lowest is better than John, which tells us that the entry-level position to the kingdom of God is greater than the highest rung on the ladder of Old Testament performance, which is where John the Baptist stands, at the highest rung. Because to get into the kingdom of God is to follow Christ, to walk as Jesus walked. That's the kingdom. And it's not much in the eyes of the world. But Jesus said it's greater to be in that kingdom than to be in the system of the world. And so I like to say it this way. The entry-level position in the kingdom of God, just basic mustard seed faith in Christ, puts you at a higher level of righteousness than living the very best one could live under the old covenant. John the Baptist is the best example we have under an old covenant. The worst example of righteousness by faith would be better so I, this, is, this is tough for me to really comprehend, but I'm going to throw this out there. You think on this. Your worst day as a follower of Christ, your righteousness is of higher standard than John the Baptist's best day because your righteousness is based on Christ, not on your performance. That ought to 
That ought to bless your soul. More to be said about John from the lips of Jesus. We'll work on it tomorrow, and we'll introduce the sermon you can look for on Sunday. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless.